The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, preached on November 13, 2011, based on Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. It had been a long day that Tuesday of Holy Week, just three days before his death. It had been a long day as his enemies confronted him, trying to trip him up with questions. By whose authority do you do these things? Was the challenge that came from the chief priests and elders against Jesus. Good teacher, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Was the Pharisees and Herodians' attempt to trap Jesus? If a woman dies and remarries, or if a, a woman's husband dies and she remarries, and this happens seven times at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? That was the Sadducees' attempt to discredit Jesus because they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. All of these attempts and others that I haven't mentioned, all of these challenges, Jesus met them each and silenced his enemies. But that's not all that he did that day. He also taught the people with parables, picturing the dire consequences of refusing the Lord's invitation. He spoke his warnings of woe against blind guides and whitewashed tombs. And he longed, he longed with all his heart to gather even his enemies under the wings of his salvation. But they were not willing. After that day, that long, hard Tuesday, as evening falls, they leave Jerusalem, and reaching the Mount of Olives, the disciples ask Jesus about the signs of the end of the age. Now, even though it has already been a long day of confrontation and teaching, just think of that emotional toll, even though Jesus was feeling the weight of the sins of the entire world as his cross quickly approached, he took the time. He gave his energy and effort to answer the disciples, and talk to them about the future. And so, dear friends, if Jesus thought it that important, we also do well to pay close attention to his words here. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Jesus speaks to us, just as he did to his disciples. And he drives home to his disciples and to us to be ready and always prepared watching continuously. When you see the signs of earthquakes, wars, famines, false teaching, and the persecution of the truth, be ready and watching. The last day will come like a thief in the night, so be ready and watching. The master will come at an unexpected hour, so as faithful servants, be ready and watching. But how? How are we ready? How do we keep on watching? Listen 
to what Jesus says in Matthew 25, and it's a parable here, that's the gospel for today, where when we understand what Jesus says here, we have the answer to those questions. How are we ready? How do we keep watching? Jesus says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So, as you think about those words of Jesus, which of the virgins were ready? The ones who had oil to burn in their lamps, right? And so how are we ready? How are we prepared? With faith burning in our hearts. Genuine faith. Ponder that theme and put it into practice. Keep genuine faith burning. Now, as we think about this parable and take it to heart, it helps to remember what the wedding customs of Jesus' day were. A man and a woman would make their mutual promises to be husband and wife until death. And that would sound similar to the vows that we hear in a marriage ceremony today. But after this exchange of vows, the couple did not have a big celebration right away. In fact, they did not even live together as husband and wife. They went back to their own homes or to their parents' home. And then sometime later, at the appointed time, the groom would come to bring his wife home. Friends of the bride would await that day and light the way for the groom with their lamps. That's what the virgins were to do in the parable. What an honor, like being a bridesmaid today. And then when the bridegroom had come and taken his bride home, that's when the celebration began, the wedding banquet that often lasted seven days. Now, as we think about the parable and we meet these ten virgins, can you see from the start which are the wise and which are the foolish? Jesus tells us that it is so, but can you see the difference? Both the wise and the foolish are invited to greet the bridegroom and to welcome him. They both have their lamps there, ready to light the way. And even when the bridegroom is long in coming, both the wise and the foolish appear to wait until the call goes out. 
And really, it's only then, only then do we see the difference. Up until that point, how similar the outward appearance. How similar. And that's the way it is among Christians today, isn't it? There are the wise and the foolish, those who have genuine faith in Jesus and those who have only an imitation. How similar the outward appearance, though. They both call themselves Christians. They both claim to believe in Jesus. They may both belong to the same church, even sit in the same pew. They can come from the same family. They both can be concerned parents, loving children, generous givers, eager volunteers. They both can be upstanding, dedicated, hardworking members of the community. And yet, one has genuine faith and the other does not. Just as the foolish virgins did not have oil for their lamps when the bridegroom came. So you see, dear friends, this parable addresses you and me who call ourselves Christian. It's a call on us to examine our own hearts. It's not addressing the unbeliever out there who doesn't even think they're a Christian. It's a call to you and to me to examine our own hearts. Is genuine faith burning in your heart, dear friend? But to answer that, we, we need to understand what genuine faith is. Genuine faith is not simply having your name on a church roster. It's not simply showing up for services. It's not confined to Sunday mornings only. Genuine faith is more than having been baptized and confirmed. It's more than having grown up in a Christian home. It's more than simply figuring that you got your religious training as a child, so now, for the most part, you can focus on the adult stuff of life and let the religion stuff be on the sidelines. Think about it. Even the foolish virgins had oil to begin with, but it ran out. How similar the outward appearance can be. But there's a very, very a huge difference in the heart. For you see, that's where genuine faith burns. For you see, genuine faith is trust. But not just any kind of trust. For example, trust or faith in yourself is not genuine faith. Just believe in yourself has nothing to do with the faith we're talking about here. Or, for that matter as well, having faith or trust in the fact that you're trying to believe isn't genuine faith either. And that's the idea that comes when people say, just believe, all you got to do is believe. Well, you mean all I have to do is try to convince myself that I have something called faith? That's not genuine faith. And do we even need to say that trusting in, in money or wealth or works or medicine or technology or human effort and advancement or add into that trusting in any of the other religions out there, any of that spirituality or divine forces, all that too, none of that is genuine faith. No matter how strong the trust or firm the belief or hopeful the outlook, it's not genuine faith. For you see, dear friends, 
Genuine faith trusts Jesus as our only Savior from sin and death. Genuine faith marvels at the cross and exclaims, My God died for me. The Father gave up His Son even for a sinner like me. Jesus' blood pays for my sins. He has ransomed, redeemed me to be His very own and live under Him who reigns forever and ever, my risen Lord and King. Genuine faith cherishes this good news that promises full and free forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus alone. And since this good news comes to us through the Bible, through baptism, and through the Lord's Supper, genuine faith treasures these means of grace as most precious and dear. Genuine faith feasts on the gospel of Jesus, gladly hearing and learning his word and fueled with that gospel. Genuine faith calls out to God as our own dear Father. For you see, through faith in Jesus, God is your true Father. And through faith in Jesus the Son, you are the Father's dear, forgiven child and heir. Genuine faith, fueled by the gospel, lives for him who died for us and rose again. For you see, genuine faith is living and active, eager to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, who ransomed us to be his own, waiting with sincere anticipation and firm hope for his return in glory. Yes, dear friends, keep genuine faith burning in your heart. Keep it burning as you fuel it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. For even though outwardly those without genuine faith appear to be so similar, yet how different the final outcome. And we see that when we look at the last half of the parable, don't we? The call rings out. The bridegroom's here. Come out to meet him. And the virgins trim their lamps. That's when the foolish discover that they do not have oil to keep their lamps burning. And they ask the wise for some, but then there would not be enough for both. For you see, your faith cannot save anyone else. If someone does not believe in Jesus, but their mother or brother or sister or father or son or daughter or husband or wife has genuine faith in Jesus, that other person's faith cannot save them, just as the oil could not be shared. When that cry rings out, whether it is the day of death or the day when Jesus returns, if that comes first, when that cry rings out for you, then it's too late to get genuine faith, just as it was too late for the foolish virgins to get oil. So don't delay Wake, awake, for night is flying. Keep faith burning in your heart, genuine faith. Keep it burning there today and every day. For you see how different the final outcomes are. Those with genuine faith burning in their hearts are there as the bridegroom comes and welcomes them into the wedding feast just as 
wise virgins were welcomed in. There they stand at the wedding celebration before the throne of the Lamb who was slain and now who reigns forever and ever. They are clothed with the white robe of Jesus' righteousness. God has wiped every tear from their eyes. There is no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old has passed. The new has come. The dark shroud is torn. The river of life runs pure. The tree of life bears abundant fruit. A blessed home beyond our land of woe. Oh, sweet and blessed country, the home of God's elect. Jerusalem, the golden, yes, friends, the marriage feast of the Lamb. That's what awaits those with genuine faith burning in their heart. How different the final outcomes. For then the door is shut. And how dreadful those words the foolish virgins heard. I do not know you. And how dreadful the words Jesus will speak to those who do not, whose faith is not in him. Depart from me, you whom I do not know. Depart from me into the eternal fires prepared for the devil and his angels. How different the final outcomes. So dear friends, dear Christians, keep your faith burning. That's how you are ready that is how you are prepared always, semper paratus. That is how we keep watching night and day. Keep your faith burning, that genuine faith. Fuel it with God's word and sacraments. Take his word to heart. For his word promises you that Christ's righteousness covers you. Yes, faith wears Christ's white robe of righteousness and not our efforts or claims at goodness. Faith wears Christ's white robe of righteousness to stand before God as one of his saints, his holy people. Ponder the promises God made to you at your baptism, that washing of regeneration and rebirth through the Holy Spirit through which you became an heir of eternal life and cherish the body and blood of your Savior given to you in the Lord's Supper, given to you for the forgiveness of your sins, the forgiveness that Jesus himself purchased for you when he sacrificed his body and poured out his blood on the cross once and for all for you. Keep your faith burning, dear Christian, for genuine faith longs to hear that gospel again and again. Genuine faith draws its energy, its light, its power, its heat, its life from the gospel of Jesus Christ, from those promises. Genuine faith shines out with the love, the peace, and the joy that these promises bring. Ponder these promises, cling to these promises, cherish these promises. That's genuine faith. Keep your faith burning, dear Christian. Keep genuine faith burning in your heart. For then you are ready. Then you are prepared, no matter when Jesus comes. For you are ready for the bridegroom to come and call you the marriage feast of the Lamb. Amen. Please stand.
The peace of God that surpasses all understanding 